Hello and welcome to Die Hard on a Podcast number 67, 80. 64? 64 maybe? I don't know. I think I just lost... I think it's a month in the making. Sixty-four <laughs> sounds really awesome. I like I like yeah. episode sixty-four where we are doing the great Baltimore film director John Waters and um, Trevor and I are both from Maryland, so John Waters is kind of like a hometown hero to us. I mean, although I guess I lived in Baltimore for a year, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, still Maryland. It's it's Maryland because Maryland. You know, it's it's close enough. Yeah, <laughs> for, for where we were. Yeah, it's like. That was like the closest. Well, him and George Romero were like the closest filmmakers, basically. Yeah, and it's, well, uh, and, and you know, and there's more than that too. Is it's John Waters, so he's like somebody when you're when we were like teenagers and we were all about being edgy. You know, I mean, you didn't yeah. get much better than John Waters' films if you're trying to be shocking and vile. Yeah, I remember what was it? I think it was in Maryland Avenue. We we got into him like. We were able to get a bunch, hold of a bunch of his movies. Yes, and really like dive into it. Um, yeah, and I, I think I might have even mentioned it on another podcast where I was actually first introduced to him um, when I lived in Ocean City. Uh, there was two film students who lived next to me, and the, you know they were like, "Oh, how can you not like John Waters? You know, you're from Maryland. And he's a Maryland hero." Yeah. And then they made me watch um, Desperate Living, and I'm like, "What the fuck is the matter with this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, which ones did did we watch the same ones? I know, I know, I, I tried to watch three of them. I watched Pecker and Crybaby. Okay, I watched, I watched those two, and then I watched This Will Be Demented as well. Okay, and I mean, I've like it's it's like I've seen everything he's done. He's one yeah. of the few directors where I can say, like, I've seen all of it. Like even the obscure shit, like uh, like Female Trouble and all of that. You know, because there was a time when I was really going out of my way to hunt down all of his movies. Um, yeah, and it's, it's funny thing. Like we we talk, we was a, this is like three weeks late or whatever. So it's like since then, like this morning, I was looking up the the movies and like I saw like multiple maniacs is actually available like to watch on Moot on Tubi TV. Oh, really? And I think Serial Mom popped up on the Roku channel. So it's like I think somebody's listening to us because every time like <laughs> every time we do a podcast or announce something somewhere. Like three weeks later, a bunch of like those movies are available. Yeah, it's, it's probably Facebook's data mining algorithm, but that's yeah. okay. I'll take what I can get. You know, I mean, if it's just Facebook <laughs> data mining algorithm, okay, great. Hey, we would like to welcome... get more John Waters movies. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we would we would like to welcome da- Facebook's data mining algorithm to the podcast. <laughs> can you have more of his movies available, please? Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because Multiple <laughs> Maniacs was one of the one of the harder ones for me to find. Uh, I. I ended up having to watch that like was like a friend of a friend had it and yeah. so he was like okay like yeah we'll watch it and I, I love that one I think that the divine getting raped by a lobster scene is like so brilliant because it has it's the greatest <laughs> it has no reason to be there at all like the movie is over the plot has ended and the, the script is finished and it's like done and it was like oh yeah and by the way here's divine getting raped by a huge giant lobster well, it's, the funny thing is, it's on Criterion now, actually. Mm-hmm. But the copy I had was a was actually a bootleg. But the cover, which I didn't know, but the cover was basically a picture of that, like a picture of that the nice. lobster on top of Divine. I was like, <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the first time I saw it, I laughed myself to tears because it was so unexpected. You know, like it was just like, why did he do that? And I was like, oh, I know why, because it's funny as shit. <laughs> 
and that's the one where like she gets like basically like raped in the church by mm -hmm. a, by, the, by a mink stole with like a rosary beads, right? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> I don't know. If, I, don't know if, I don't think she's raped, but like they have sex and a rosary bead is used. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, blasphemy is definitely committed <laughs> yeah. a few times in that movie, and I, you know I kind of like that. Even though John Waters became like way more respectable, he still always has kind of a nod to the degenerates. Like, I mean, even in like Pecker, you know, in Pecker, he really mm. goes out of his way to kind of show the degenerate side of like, you know, CD Baltimore gay culture. Um, and I, like, I, I just really like that he wasn't able to completely get rid of it, even though he's oh, not nearly as uh, crazy as he once was. Yeah, Pecker's really good because it just shows like how it was like. Everybody has like their basically like their their quirks or their like fetishes, and but everybody's generally not like not pro like like nobody is like is an asshole. It's just like people have their their things and their yeah. like, fetishes and like I would, you know one thing. Some I people like to be t some people like to be teabagged, which is right. Like <laughs> and, well, and, and you got to you got to thank John Waters for that. Is you know teabagging is now something that's known in mainstream culture because. Yes because of John Waters introducing it, you know, like, I mean, it, it's not like he invented it, um, but, you know, he must have been somewhere and, and saw it happen and went, that's hilarious, I'm putting it that in the movie, and, like, now everybody knows what teabagging is, and it's it's just, like, a, an accepted cult thing in gamer culture where, you know, yeah. if you kill somebody, the ultimate insult is to run over and, like, do, like, the sit command so that you sit oh, yeah. on their face, and that's, you know, like, ah, not only did I kill him, but I also teabagged him, yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. I always hated that because it'd be like when it's unprovoked too. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, like I'm just minding my business, and you came up, shot me, and teabagged me. Like I don't get it. Uh, now, something I will say about Pecker that I thought was kind of unusual mm -hmm. from John Waters' other movies is that it's kind of a really out, like used out trope of like you know some poor kid from the outsider school gets accepted into the art world. And, you know, goes on this wild ride. It's like that story's been done like so many millions of times. And all of mm -hmm. them, like almost, I was trying to think if there was another John Waters movies that, where he did a story that was been done. And all of his other movies are like ridiculously far from other like normal stories, you know? <laughs> or barely, or, or ba like barely stories. <laughs> like, yeah, to be well, honest. Yeah, yeah, like des desperate, <laughs> desperate Living. I still, I've seen that movie a ton of times. So I still don't know if there's an actual plot to it. Like, it's basically just these people are degenerates and they live in freaking awful squalor. I think Cecil B. Demented, like, I haven't seen his last one, The Dirty Shame. I couldn't find it anywhere, really, either. Right. For free. But Sister Be Demented is, like, kind of fun because it's all about, like, outlaw cinema and this and that. And it's, like, but like some of the stuff is just kind of, like, it's kind of, like, I don't, I don't want to say, like, it's just kind of, like, pedestrian, but, like, just, like, kind of, like, kind of cute. Yeah. Like, the way he, he's, just like, outlaw cinema, uh, Star Wars, like, it's, like, he get, they, get, they storm into, like, Patch Adams, the director's cut theater. You right. know, it's like, it's like, that's just like such, such like a kind of John Waters. Like the only reason that, that I find that funny is because John Waters. And like, like, I don't yeah. know why. It's like, <clears throat> he has like, I, I wrote like my first watch. So I'm watching these. I was like, he has like no style whatsoever. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Like visually his like his filmmaking is like, it's just like, Pretty right. basic. You're not gonna. You're like, not gonna say like, "Oh, that looks like." You know, like people say, "Oh, that looks like a Wes Anderson film." You know, and and yeah, yeah. you know every and, and, like that, 
I guess he's the extreme. Wes Anderson's the extreme of like all of his movies have that certain look. Whereas yeah. you're not going to say that looks like a John Waters film unless there's like maybe somebody eating dog shit in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes. It's like, look at that tracking shot from John Waters. He's amazing at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like he just like captures captures whatever like he just like shoots it in the most basic way because like well it's usually hilarious you know and then that and that's kind of cool because you know all his movies indicate or are kind of honoring baltimore and that's so baltimore you know like no frills yes you know no frills we're not going to get all fancy and you're not but you know you're going to get what you get and you're going to like it you know (laughs) i think more so with with watching more watching crybaby like there was what was the they're, they're doing like the bunny hop down the street, uh-huh. and I was just like I was like that could have been like in our fucking town in our city like right down the street it looked just like Absolutely. so un unpolished and not even like a good location scout even <laughs> it was just yeah. like it was just like it was just like a street they picked for no reason well, and you know I had forgotten that Tracy Lords was in that movie that was so cool I was like oh my god it's Tracy Lords uh, mm. and- yeah it was like her first like legit like roll yeah because on the on the on the commentary i was listening to a little bit and they were talking about how she was still like embroiled in the whole legal battle of like like you know all the the, the pornography stuff and they were still dealing with it on set while they were shooting basically still yeah and what and i actually i read her autobiography <clears throat> and her autobiography yeah. is kind of funny because it's only like one chapter about her doing porn like she really glosses over the <laughs> fact that she was like the most notorious porn star of all time. Like she kind of, you know, she does talk about it and she does sort of tell her side of the story, but that's like one chapter. And then the rest of it is like her trying to break into Hollywood and how grateful she is to John Waters for giving her the the opportunity to show that she's not just a porn star and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, like I'm sure that that's like true and everything. And maybe you do have talent, but you're always going to be freaking Tracy Lords. I hate to break that to you. (laughs) What is the thing too with, uh, John Barr's movies, I noticed too. All of the acting is usually pretty bad, but in a good way. Yeah, like, I, yeah. like it's one of those like it's like really badly acted, but like it's like there's some way it's like it's hilarious. And it's like yeah. I don't know, it's, like it's so bad. He just has like it can't be bad. Like I could see him like going up to Johnny Depp and being like, "Look, you delivered that Watt line. It was way too believable. Like you gotta you yeah. gotta dumb this down a bit, buddy. Make it sound like you don't know what the fuck you're doing." <laughs> Yeah, because like half the, half the cast is like, and most of the cast was like, it's like not actors at all, and they're just like saying the lines the weirdest possible way. And you're just like that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, all of his early fans or all his his like all his trash movies or whatever, they're not actors at all. They're just the people who like hung around with him and had the the same crazy sense of humor as him. I think the the divine is not a good actor, <laughs> but, but she's but she's amazing in his movies because just like. It's divine, and like the way she, like he or she, like delivers the lines. It's like nobody else would deliver it that way, or like have that persona. It's just like, like in Hairspray, I started watching a little bit of Hairspray because it was available on Hulu, Mm -hmm. and she, like, she's she's just like the weirdest, like weirdest mom character, like right. It's so weird. Did did I ever tell you the story (laughs) about when I met Divine's cousin and me and Jason? Me and Jason, we were really drunk, and. uh, we yeah. actually we actually met Divine's cousin. Yeah, one of Divine's cousins went to school at Frostburg and was like partying with us. 
Oh, nice. And um, we were watching a John Waters film, and she was like, oh, that's my cousin. And we were like, what? And she's like, yeah, that's my cousin, Glennie. And I was like, you mean Divine? And she's like, no, we don't, in the family, we don't call him that. Like, he was, he was like a really big embarrassment. And, you know, like, we don't even tell people, like, that, that we're, usually we don't tell people that we're related to him because, you know, he ate dog shit on film. And we were like, what the fuck are you talking about? That was the greatest thing your family has ever done. <laughs> We were like, you need to get a picture of Divine and put it over your family's mantle, and you need to worship him because that man was a pioneer. And like, I mean, just like totally went off on this poor girl, like so much that she actually was just like, "You guys suck," and left. <laughs> um, I thought you that in, in Pink Flamingos, like, what's his? Doesn't the one guy fuck a chicken to death? Yes, he does. That's, that's worse. That's yes, worse, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and he well, and he I mean, forces he forces a woman to, to like go along with it like and she's like <laughs> yeah. not liking it like she's like this is terrible please stop please stop and he's like no yeah. ah, ah, ah. And he's, oh my god <laughs> it's like they, yeah that was probably that was fake but that was more terrible than like the real dog should be yeah honest. absolutely the thing about that the thing about that is like, you know the dog shit eating was what got all the headlines but like that whole yeah. that whole movie was like worse than the dog shit eating like just these these yeah. horrible vile people there's not a single person you can get behind in the whole movie they're all terrible they like kidnap women rape them so they can sell the babies um, you know, like, that's terrible yeah which one was it i always get them confused which one was the one with the babysitter who's who puts the baby in the fridge oh that's my favorite part i was just telling i was just telling somebody that they're about that, that boy one. troubles is it female troubles? female troubles that's what i meant yeah or Desperate Living? I'm not sure. No, it wasn't. Maybe it was Desperate Living. Yeah, maybe it was because that's how she got sent down to that town. Was she put the baby? Like, yeah, she did. And, and that was because that was back when the whole urban myth, the woman, like the babysitter on PBC, PCP, and she yes. uh, she freaking put the baby in the microwave and then tried to put like like paint on it so that it didn't look like it was dead. And it was like, you know, total urban myth. Um, but there was like a couple urban myths in there because the other woman who was down there in the in that town was she was like a professional wrestler and she freaking popped the guy's eye out and killed him and it's amazing yeah <laughs> that was my favorite part because i think they come home from the baby like, they're looking for the, the the couple comes home and the baby starts saying they're all high and they're like where's our baby where's our baby and she's like don't ask me i'm tripping yeah yeah <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite and yeah. then like she finds the they go to the fridge and you could tell, like, right before they rolled, they just they, they said, actually, they put that baby in there. Because yeah. the baby just, like, falls out. So, like, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, they put, like, a real live baby into that fridge, like, a second before they they, they rolled. Yeah, and it was, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. I, I, I always, like, will like Desperate Living because it was the first one I saw. And, I mean, like, I was so shocked from it. Like, I, I lost sleep over watching that film. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other. Uh, well, and, you know, I guess we should mention Hairspray because it's it's so weird because that was kind of the first one where he really departed from being like freaky and tried to make sort of a mainstream movie, and it, and it's so crazy, wildly successful. Um, yeah, I, I I never actually I I still I watched most of it the other day, but I still haven't actually seen all of it because it just it would never. It didn't seem interesting to me. Like when coming from John Waters, I was like, eh, I don't want any to see a, a watered down version of John Waters. Waters. Yeah, well, and it's it's definitely my least favorite because I think he was kind of yeah. like, okay, I, I actually need to pay the bills, probably all his legal bills from all the people who have freaking sued yeah. him. And, 
Uh, and, but, you know, it's just so funny that whenever he actually tried to do something that was more mainstream, like, it's just so crazy successful that, you know, like, even today, Hairspray's like a major Broadway play, and it's like, look. Yeah, he, yeah, it was like Hairspray spawned a musical that they then made a movie based on, like, the musical based on the movie, so it's yeah. like he didn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's getting paid like four or five different different ways. Yeah, I'm hoping track. I'm hoping he gets paid. I read his novel and it kind of sounded like he was having trouble coming up with money to make films anymore. And I was like, that just doesn't seem right to me. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, how did how do you how do you not do that? Uh, yeah. Or how do you not give John Waters money to make a movie? <laughs> yeah, because for, for as much as like Cecil B. Demented, I like a lot of it, but like, a lot of it is a little rough too. Yeah, like it just seems like it's almost like I don't know if he's guiding them anymore because now it's just it was taking like like cheap shots at least like 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 the, the one guy's like it's like your parents went and saw Godzilla and liked it like that's like <laughs> it's like that's like it's such a, like a weird like take that Godzilla yeah oh, man. the 1998 a, version or whatever it what was like, now I will be fair the freaking 1988 version of Godzilla like completely sucked ass yeah. Uh, but it's just like that. Type of, like the the credits are over top of like multiplexes, and it says like you know, Star Star Wars two, three, four, five, and Postman two. I'm like, those are sh- like shots that nobody gets anymore. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who gets Postman two? They'll be like, what? What's the Postman? What's yeah, that? like nobody even like, that movie was terrible, and it was so terrible that nobody remembers it was even made. Yeah, it's like, it's like and nobody's gonna think it's funny that there was a sequel to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, and you know, a lot of a lot of people get in trouble with that, where they they say topical, or you know, like, and it's like, okay, yeah, that was a really funny joke in 1986 when you made it, but now, unless you were around in 1986, you don't get it, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this is a bit of thing. Is like, it's very like, it's very niche, and like, I don't know if having Stephen Dorff. I mean, he's fine in the movie, but like having Stephen Dorff and like some name actors in this type of movie. I don't know if that helps anything. It could have been a little more low budgety. Yeah, well, and, it looks know, a little too slick for it, what it's supposed to be. And it's almost like, of course, see, we we live in a different world. If if John Waters put out something like Desperate Living or, uh, you know, Pink Flamingos now, they would probably burn him at the stake over it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At least the Cecil B. Demented has. Uh, Michael Shannon, billed as Mike Shannon, which in is early role. Yeah, a little weird. And he's and it's the best thing ever because he like all like he's he's a driver and like as they're driving to a location, they're making up Melanie Griffith in the back, and all he wants to do is like a- ask her about uh, fucking Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he screams out, "Tell me about Mel Gibson's dick and balls." <laughs> And I want to know. Yeah, and that's like, kind yes. of fantastic. That's kind of timeless too. Like, I think even a hundred years from now, people are going to think wanting to know about Mel Gibson's dick and balls is funny. It's like even that is like, oh man, only John Waters could pull that those lines yeah. off for sure. Yeah, or like the, the which character was it that got raped at Christmas, and that was like her whole shtick was why she was like a porn actress in a whole. Oh yeah, 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 because yeah. they raped her at Christmas, and they were like, yeah, my brother was singing Jingle Balls, Jingle Balls. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the same ride where she's like, you know, you know why I do porno, right? And all the rest of the group goes, uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and I, I thought that was pretty great. And and again, that's something that if you were to try to make that, if you were to try to make that joke now, people would be like, "Oh my God, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> my dad sat on my face as he opened up presents. Yeah, <laughs> You're like ah, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. But like, I mean, that's what that's what always will make him kind of great, which. Maybe that's why nobody will give him money. They're like, I don't want to give him yeah. money because who knows what he's going to do, what kind of blowback there's going to be from yeah. that. <laughs> I think it's and Maggie Gyllenhaal is actually in. This will be the minted as well, which is nice. Yeah, and I love Early her. Rover. She's like a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. But just like just seeing all these guys like Mike Mike Shannon and Maggie Gyllenhaal in this movie is pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen the Dirty Shames. Now that you mentioned it, I'm gonna have to try and find that. Yeah, I never saw because it's there's like an NC17 version and then a neutered version. Right. So like two different versions. I actually used to know a band called the Dirty Shames, which was pretty cool. They were actually pretty good, like a you know like like mid '90s garage punk band. Nice. <laughs> oh, uh, Crybaby I think Crybaby is my least favorite now, I don't know it's just it seems like even more watered down than Hairspray, Hairspray even though it's like PG-13 it's like and he even talks about that in the commentary about how he's like how he was trying to like tone down his style for this movie because it was supposed to be like a teeny bopper type of you know movie yeah and it's like and like some of it just doesn't quite work yeah yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things that's weird because it's so. I mean, and of course, that's that's sort of John Waters' style of satire is that he takes something over the edge, like over to, the, like so extreme that it looks ridiculous. And like, yeah. that is like, I mean, that, that's like your typical like campy '60s teeny bopper movie, like a bubblegum yeah. movie taken to the very very extremes of campy teeny teeny bopper bubblegum movie. Um, and that's what he was kind of talking about, like how it's like, well, it was like he was making like a satire of these movies, but the audience they were going for had no idea that, it, that they were making was, a satire. They of were these supposed movies. to be making fun of it. Yeah. And, and that's that's so true. Like, uh, I remember talking to a girl and she was hanging out with me at some and she wasn't a punk rock chick at all. And she was hanging out with me at some like punk rock show and there's like rockabilly dudes there because there was a rockabilly band there you know and they mm. had the whole rockabilly look with the slick back hair and the freaking leather jacket and mm. the, the tattoos and everything and she was like oh yeah. my god this is so hot there's so many girls that, cause like there's so many dudes here that look like crybaby that's so hot and i'm like uh <laughs> I, I i was like i should try and explain this to her and then i was like i don't think i can explain it to her i don't think i can pull off the explanation no, it's, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> no, but, oh well. I was like, yeah, there's a bunch of hot guys that look like Crybaby here. That's that's what's going on here. <laughs> they all saw the movie and wanted to be him. <laughs> yes. The movie is bombed, but it's like, still popular. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be like a, a musical, but I don't think it really gets going until like the last like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and that kind like of the makes best sense. Sequ- just because Americans best- don't really like musicals anymore. The best sequence is like when, uh, oh, what's her name? The 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 girl. I forget what her name was. Whatever her name was, but she goes to like like Johnny Depp's in jail, and she goes to say like, "Please, Mister Jailer, please let what's his name go free." That yeah. song. 
Like that sequence there is like, oh, this is what the whole movie should have been. Yeah. That sequence is really good, really fun, and like like super like yeah. Like up until, up until then, it was just like them kind of like covering songs, kind of like lip syncing the songs a lot of times. Right. But I mean, it's still. I mean, it's still. John Waters, Lester John Waters is still a good movie for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll take a bad like I'll take a bad John yeah. Waters movie over almost any other direction, like a good movie from another director, yeah. almost. You know, like yeah, and not that Crybaby is bad. It's just like compared to the other ones, I I prefer the other ones more. Yeah. Well, sure. and, and that's something like like we've said before how like when you were saying you know if you're going to make a movie you should always shoot for making like eight and a half you know and yeah you got to give John Waters <laughs> yeah, you got to give John Waters credit he always tries to push the boundaries even when he's making kind of a watered down mainstream movie like you know even though he was like okay I'm going to make this movie for a target audience for teenagers and stuff but I'm still going to make it a ridiculous satire even if like I'm me and like my old fans are the only one who's who gets that I don't care. And also, like fingers, kind of, I listened to a good chunk of his commentary for that car baby, and he talked about like how a lot of that stuff that like he had experienced when like growing up, like the whole like like the school like for like uh, manners, the manner school, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he like he like he like he experienced that. He like been to those things and just like such a weird. He's had such weird experiences in Baltimore. Like and so, it's like all that stuff comes from someplace. Yeah. So even even Crybaby is a little autobiographical when it comes to John Waters. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. Good. Did you? Because yeah, uh, everything every, everything had like a story. It's like, oh yeah, this this was we had these guys and they were this. I was like, fine, dude. Like, <laughs> insane. Now, did you read his hitchhiking book? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Carsick, I think. Yeah. Is what it's called. Yeah, um, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, it, it's, it's funny how I even came to that movie too, or the book, anyways. Um, I was watching a movie or like a, an interview with some writer, and he was mm. like all like hip, and he was holding the, the Carsick book, and I didn't even yeah. see it was a John Waters book. I just saw like Carsick. I was like, that cover looks pretty cool. I was like, I'm gonna see what book that is, and then so I looked it up on Amazon. I was like, holy shit, it's John Waters' book. Now I have to buy <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, it's a really good book, and I got it for Christmas. I think when you. Oh, that's awesome. Shit. Um, we have a bad thing. So, uh, I'm going to have to end up the end of the podcast now. Um, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.